Before we get started, we wanted to tell you about the First Draft Podcast with ESPN experts Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay, and Phil Yates. They will be keeping tabs on the latest with the NFL Draft every Wednesday. Listen where you are listening to this podcast and also on YouTube. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my boy, Ryan Clark. RC, another week, another show, another busy week for you, my guy. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well, DC. You know, I got to go see Tank and Ryan Garcia. Oh. I met Connor. Me and my son, Jordan, got to take a picture with Connor McGregor. It was a great 22nd birthday for my only boy. And I think it was one of those weekends, DC, where I realized that you were truly famous because people just kept saying, man, I love your podcast no. with DC, but where no. is he? You just That's never show up to the big events, That's man, because you're a big event all by yourself. That's not true, RC. That's not true. What I was thinking was by seeing you at Tank versus uh, Garcia – Ryan actually finally made it because it wasn't just Ryan Clark at Tank Garcia. It was, yo, this your boy RC from The Pivot. This your boy RC from ESPN. And I got taken six. I got taken seven. You just kept hitting the predictions and everything now? He's not even a football player no more. You're like a fight. Mine is crazy. Hey, DC, listen, man, I'm a combat sport guy now. You have given me the official seal of approval. Now everybody thinks I at least know a little bit because we got a show. And not only did Tank and Ryan Garcia have a great fight, Tank with the knockout, we also had a great knockout in UFC and yes, a did. new rising heavyweight contender. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get to that. But also on the show, we got to discuss all those new fights that Dana White just announced last weekend. He had a ton of news. And then we talk about the undisputed champions in the UFC, and we draft them. As RC heads off to the NFL draft, we got to draft the undisputed champions in the UFC. And as always, we tap in or we tap out. But RC, Sergey Pavlovic last weekend, boy, this dude, bruh, he out there, right? I knew it when he was a little boy. He, RC, he was a little boy. He was a little boy when he was at AKA back in the day, but not no more. He is a grown man, and he has heavyweight power that can put you out. How impressed were you with Pavlovic? Because people talk, point back to, well, Alistair Overeem beat him when he made his UFC. That was years ago, and this is not the same guy that lost to Overeem. How impressive was that win over Curtis Blades? It's extremely impressive because we expected Curtis Blades to be his most difficult challenge to this point, we knew that Curtis was experienced. Also, Curtis is a very accomplished grappler and wrestler. And so we thought that Sergey would have to deal with some of that. But he wasn't tripping. He wasn't tripping on a takedown. He wasn't tripping that Curtis Blades had some experience in the octagon. He said, you're going to feel these hands and you're going to catch these hands early often and they ain't quitting until I drop you. And I think we've seen too now you look at whether it's Ty Tuivasa or whether it's 
the uh, Derek Lewis, he's not scared to stand in front of people who are considered dangerous. He believes that his power will win over the power or the expertise of whoever his opponent is. And when you have a dude that believes he's that dangerous and he isn't scared to let his hands go, that's someone that you have to take extremely serious in the octagon. And I think now he set himself up as the number one contender. And if Stipe Miocic or wants to play around and we can't get this fight scheduled, I believe Sergey jump, Sergey jumps to the top of that list of people I want to see right now inside that cage with John Jones. Yeah, you know what, RC? And that's why they catch you on the red carpet and ask you for your opinions because that makes all the sense in the world and is the absolute truth because what Sergey Pavlik has been able to do has really allowed for him to be next. If not for Stipe Miocic, we, not be, we would not be questioning who's next for John Jones anymore. It would be this guy. And you want to know what's most impressive about Pavlovic and his victory last weekend? Was Curtis Blades went out there, Ryan, with the idea that he had started to have so much success in his hands that he could compete with him there. And when he saw that it wasn't going his way, he level changed to try to get a takedown, and Pavlovic just blocked it away. He was not close to taking him down. He batted him away, made him stand with him, till eventually he was able to get his hands on him. And he's not crazy fast. He doesn't throw an overthrow. He's just so sure that his power, when he connects, can put just about anybody out, that he just fights at the same pace. I was worried yeah. that when he fought a guy like Curtis Blades, because this is the ultimate test at heavyweight. If you can survive the Curtis Blades uh, experience, or if you can go through the Curtis Blades fight and come out on the other side, you generally will get a chance to fight for the belt. Because if you can get through Curtis Blades, especially as a striker, it tells you that you are able to go and fight the best in the world. Because for a long time, the best in the world have been guys that does possess the wrestling ability. He passed that test. He's as sure of a guy that deserves a title fight as I've seen and RC, I will tell you this. I've got a group message with all my friends. And while they may not have great feelings about John Jones, they think that this right here for the John Jones that fought in Vegas is a real challenge for him and can present him a lot of problems. Well, I think the biggest thing, too, about facing John Jones is not losing the fight before you get to the arena. So many people, when you're facing someone that's accomplished what John has accomplished and is looked at the way RC. John is looked at, they lose before it even starts. RC, one second, one second, RC. RC. First off, he don't speak English, so he doesn't know what John's saying. And second, <laughs> bro, there's a video of this dude playing the slot machine the morning of the chilling. main event. Did bro, you see that? chilling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, DC, he was absolutely... Chill. He already knew what them hands was going to do later on that night, fam. But that's what, and I think that's ultimately important whenever facing a guy like John Jones is being able to walk in there with your game plan that doesn't get overwritten by who John Jones has been throughout his career. But if you're, if you're Sergey, if you're Sergey Pavlovich, DC, and the Stipe Miocic John Jones fight is made. If you were him, what would be your next move? Would you wait to fight the winner 
of that fight or do you or do you go out again and prove that you're worthy of the championship shot? RC, first off, I saw that video. I didn't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, that can't possibly be him sitting at the slot machine yeah. in the New York, New York at hotel. Least he wasn't bro. playing craps, bro. Right. He's, at like, least he's he sitting wasn't up there. Throwing dice. He's, He's sitting up there like an old person, man. You know, old people playing the slot machine. In the middle of the day, this dude playing the slot machine got to fight in the main event that night. Um, I think I, I think I do what I did when John fought against Cyril Gaon. I weigh in and I sit there as an alternate. I mm. don't know if I fight again because against Cyril Gaon, nobody knew it, but he was the alternate. So he sat there, made the weight. And then when Sergey, when John and Cyril fought, he was just out. But he got paid some money, right? So you don't run the risk of letting your money dry up. You still get paid along the journey while you still may get an opportunity to fight the champion. Because here's the thing about those backup fighters. In most cases, especially at heavyweight, if he's scheduled to fight against, as a, as a backup, RC, and Stipe and John are fighting, if... Jones falls out, the fight will be off. If Miocic falls out, then they'll just slide him in. So he's not going to mm. fight Stipe, right, for the belt. Got he you. would fight Jones for the belt. So he could prepare as if he's getting ready to fight John Jones and have himself ready to fight him in case he gets the call. So I would, I would do that because anything else now would be fighting backwards. Even fighting Stipe mm. would be fighting backwards for Sergey Pavlovich, and I don't know if right now he needs to do that. I think he weighs in as an alternate. I think he be, he's ready for New York City because RC. If he just if he just doesn't do anything and just waits, it could be next March. It could be next April because as we know, Jones doesn't fight very often. Say he gets yeah. through Miocic in November now, then when do he actually fight? So weigh in as an alternate, my guy. Continue to improve, get better, and build a game plan to go out there and try to solve one of the greatest puzzles in the history of mixed martial arts. <laughs> but, <coughs> excuse me, RC. But he's real. What's wrong with you? But RC, <coughs> you you give John Jones a compliment RC, and you start coughing. I get sick. Are you RC, allergic get, to it? Are you I allergic? Give a compliment, I get sick. It's like I'm having to keep stuff in my throat. <laughs> I give him a compliment. I get sick, RC. God <laughs> dang, man. But he's real. He does possess. Yeah. I don't know if, listen to this. I don't know if he beats the John Jones at 205, the fast guy that had to do so much to prepare himself. But the John Jones that we saw at heavyweight, that, like I said, he's a bit slower. He overthrew that left hand. Cyril Gan just didn't respond. Pavlik won't do that. I think that guy is more beatable. For Sergey Pavlovich, <laughs> Ryan. I mean, I talk about this man. I get sick. That's crazy, man. I'm still calling. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna say this though. That wasn't the only knockout we got to see this weekend. And away from the UFC, we got to see Javante Tank Davis fight Ryan or King Ryan Garcia. And King Ryan was not the king inside the ring. We saw a body blow knockout in the seventh round, which my son Jordan even called before the fight and being in that arena dc it was electric in t-mobile there were stars everywhere athletes everywhere it seemed like what i saw a little bit when izzy fought alex Pereira the last time in miami 
and I'm watching it. And in the second round, Tank touches Ryan with that left hand and drops him. And it changed his entire night. It changed the aggression that he fought with. He was starting to react to every single feint that was thrown by Tank Davis. And you just knew after that left in the second round, it was ticking away until the fight ended. DC, I, 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 I can't claim to have ever been hit with a body blow the way that Ryan Garcia was. I can't claim to have ever felt power like that, but I know that you have. DC, when you're taking shots to the body, as he was for seven rounds, and then you finally get that one that shuts down one of your organs, what does that feel like, and how hard is it to recover? RC, first off, by the environment, there's nothing like boxing. A big boxing fight tops everything. Now, we saw Izzy's fight in Miami be as close to a boxing type of environment that you will get in the UFC, right? You get the, the Jones fight was big. The Leon Edwards-Usman fight was big. But then when you got to Miami, RC, you're like, man, this is just next level big. That's what a boxing fight feels like when you got two guys like Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. But you saw very early that Tank was just another level yeah. of boxer. You could yep. just sense it, right? You could sense that for all that Ryan Garcia is, and I met Ryan Garcia in Los Angeles a little bit ago, nice kid, and had me convinced he was going to win. He was that confident. But the moment he got touched, you could see that that confidence that he thought he had was not as present as he mm -hmm. might have anticipated. So then he was on the receiving end. But I don't think he lost much in that fight because I don't believe many people that know the sport thought he was going to win. Yep, they I knew agree. he could compete, but they didn't think he was gonna win. So he didn't lose much in losing that fight. In regards to the body shot, RC, I started going back to the gym recently. You know, you you always make fun of me about how I'm doughy at this point in my life. So I go back to the gym and I'm sparred. <laughs> so I'm sparred. In foot, dude, John Jones <coughs> would kick me all the time, and he would knee me, and he would hurt. It would hurt. But it never stopped me from doing what I was doing. I was right. at the gym the other day, bro, and some dude punched me in the side. And I was like, I think this dude might have separated my rib because now I'm soft. <laughs> <laughs> RZ, it's crazy. He barely touched me. And I was like, I'm soft, man. This dude might have separated my rib. So then I'm in Miami play fighting with Justin Gaethje. This dude oh. touches me in the side. I almost bro. fall on the ground in front of the restaurant because I'm now so it's like weak. that's how bad that's how bad it gets. Whenever no, you so get hit weak. with a great shot. But I'm oh not getting hit God. with great shots. I'm not getting hit with great shots, and I'm hurt. Ryan Garcia got hit with a great shot yeah. in the perfect place. So the point that I'm getting to is it is debilitating, and that's why you saw Garcia get hit with the shot, take a step back, and go down. Didn't fall. He didn't yeah. fall immediately. It mm -hmm. was a bit of a delay because you get hit there, then your body, your body registers it, and you go whole. I can't, I can't do this no more. Like, I have to mm. go down. That's when you know you landed perfect because it shuts everything off. feels like it literally feels like your entire body is just incapable of moving anymore. No matter what your mind tells you, you are not going to move, right? It's, it's the worst thing in the world. I've been hit with body shots in my life where I just feel like, how in the world do I keep my face straight to where okay. this guy doesn't recognize how bad he hurt me. 
Okay, DC. So here's my here's my other thought, and I want to run this by you. MMA and boxing are different sports because let's say that's um, let's go Brandon Moreno, Kai Kara France, right? Brandon yep, Moreno yep, yep. lands lands the body kick. Kai goes down. Right now, Brandon Moreno jumps on him. There's no way Kai has an opportunity to recover because the ground and pound has already started. Official referee stops the fight. Boxing is yep. different. You get the eight count. So Ryan Garcia is now on his knee. He's trying to recover from the perfect body shot. I agree with you in this. Ryan Garcia losing this fight doesn't change a ton for him. Everybody knew it was a huge step up in competition. He's a young fighter. He's extremely popular, extremely talented, good looking, power, quick hands. He can get better from this and continue to make money. How much of that can you think about in 10 seconds or in a 10 count or in an eight count that says, you know what? I'm probably not going to find a way to win this fight the way it's going. Let me live to box another day. I don't think I don't I don't think that he I don't think that he's thinking that in his mind because he's a fighter, right? Regardless of what the optics look like, right? When you look at Ryan Garcia, he's got the Amiri sponsor, he's got the, you know, he's wearing the most expensive clothes, he's a good-looking kid, but he's a fighter. So he's yeah. not thinking that in that moment that, oh, I, I'm not going to lose much here. He wants to get up and he wants to fight. But that perfect body shot, it just ends you. It, it, you know what's crazy too, RC? Every time I think about like a guy like Ryan Garcia, people consider him like a pretty boy and he gets to the top of the sport and he gets beat by a guy like Tank, it makes me appreciate Oscar De La Hoya even more. Yeah. Because Oscar yeah. De La Hoya was that pretty boy, but he was just a an beast. absolute dog in the dog. boxing ring. It's like, Yes, no matter was. what you did to him, he would just fight you. And so seeing Ryan Garcia with him as his promoter kind of makes sense, but you don't he didn't have he doesn't have that thing that made Oscar De La Hoya so special. But he's not thinking about that RC. He's thinking how do I get up and continue to fight? But the reality is when those shots land, there's nothing like it. Hey, boxing, big boxing fights are second to none RC because you get the celebrities, you get the love, the energy is like nothing. I went to Oscar De La Hoya Floyd Mayweather way back in the day, and you get the celebrities. One of those celebrities was Conor McGregor. Conor's in there giving Ryan Garcia a speech about, hey, he's one up on you. It's not done because today, because in today, RC, the sport doesn't resolve around one loss. And then my boy, RC gets to meet the guy. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't bring you into the sport, right? Chuck Liddell brought you into MMA. Yeah. And then it was Anderson. But every time one of those guys stepped away, there was someone else that stepped into that place yep. that made you love MMA. Conor McGregor was that for you. What was it like to get to meet Conor and talk to me about Conor in person opposed to what's perceived to be in yeah. terms of Conor McGregor? Well, obviously, you know Conor better than me. He couldn't have been more gracious. And I actually met Connor before. He was at ESPN. He was in Bristol. It was before he fought Jose Aldo. And this was before the suits. He's just going around shadow boxing. And he talks to me before <laughs> I get on or I go on set to do Sports Center. And as soon as I saw him, he recalled that moment. 
And he actually told me, I love what you're doing with UFC. It's super cool to see you grow. And I was like, hey, man, I would just be really grateful. It's my son's birthday. Will you take a picture with him? And he was like, absolutely. So here's what's crazy about it. He goes to talking about being an athlete, right? And he's standing on one foot. He's standing on one foot talking to Jordan about balance. He's like, you know, because we're athletes and you have to balance. And Jordan goes, I ain't going to lie, Pop. I was about to get on one foot, too. Like, that's that's the type of, like, that's the type of charisma, uh, charisma and magnetism that this dude has is that he was about to have my grown adult son who plays college football standing on one foot in the back of T-Mobile, bro. But it was it was crazy. And two, Connor's freaking swole. Like it ain't this ain't 145 Connor no more, dog. Like Connor is swole. But it was like it's also too and you and you know this DC, we get opportunities to be around these extremely successful, famous, powerful athletes and people in general. And some of those people have an aura. Connor got a, has an aura, bro. Like when you meet him, it was like, it was, remember when Bruce Leroy got the glow when he was fighting Show Enough? Right? Stop. You remember that? RC, bro. stop. RC, no. stop. I'm saying, huh? Connor got the glow, bro. He's the master. Connor's the master. Oh, Show enough ass. Oh who was God. the master? Connor's the master, bro. And I remember that. I remember when Show Enough got that glow, man. But come on, see. Hey, boy, when Bruce Leroy got that glow and he started doing this with his hands, when he started doing it like that, it was like, oh my goodness. He about to make somebody. Bro. Oh, and remember when he RC. caught the bullet? Bruce Lee he caught, caught the uh, bullet. Bruce Leroy man. caught the bullet. What? Yes. <laughs> Bro, yes. RC, you said Jordan about to get a one foot with Conor McGregor. Bro, if I would have walked in and saw that, I'd have said, man, y'all tripping, man. Let's go home. Everybody, let's go home, man, because y'all tripping with Conor McGregor back here, man. But that's Conor, right? Hey, but Conor believes everything he's saying. That's kind of, That really is why people are so drawn to him and people like Jordan, who is, in his own right, a tremendous athlete. He's a tremendous athlete. And he's looking at McGregor like, hey, man, whatever this dude is saying or whatever he's selling, I'm buying. Straight he, up. Jordan, <laughs> Straight Jordan, up. Has spent, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan has spent his entire life around NFL players, bro, NBA players and everything. And he in the back of T-Mobile Arena on one foot with Conor McGregor. <laughs> Dog, I would have paid money to witness that. I would hey. have paid money to witness that. Oh, my hey, man. goodness. Conor had on hard bottoms too, bro. Conor had on real church shoes. Like my mama really? used to say, put your church shoes on. And Connor did not care. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. 
That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It, it was truly one of, those, one of those events, DC, and I've been to you know, a number of UFC events since you know, we've started to do this show. I think that was kind of the difference for me, was that in boxing, you truly are there to see the main event. Right. Boxing is very top heavy as yeah, it one comes fight. or regard, regarding names, whereas the UFC, a lot of times you want to see the co-main event. People want to see Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns mm -hmm. fight like we're going to be tuned into that. And it could even be the third fight of the card or the last fight of the prelim is usually some dude that's up and coming that we expect to see in a main event at some point. It wasn't like that. You know, mm -hmm. you're kind of just hanging around, talking to people, meeting people. And then when they walk out to the ring, now you're locked in. And I think mm -hmm. that's the big difference in between the sports is that the UFC has managed to build a roster of people you look forward to seeing. Whereas boxing is about the last two guys fighting on that night. And that's why and that's why boxing's up and then it's down until another guy like separates himself to become a star like mm -hmm. Tank and Ryan. That's why they have those laws and that is yep. really what separates the UFC and makes it better because you're going Ryan, you went to London and you showed up before the prelims were done because you knew there were yep. so many good fights on that card. Now, another thing that the UFC does, they try to give the fans the fights that they want. Last week, mm -hmm. Dana White went crazy with fight announcements. I mean, when we left Miami, everybody was a little bit upset about what was going to happen at UFC 288. He goes, hold on, we're working on it. Charles Oliveira and Benil Daryush had fallen off, so slide in Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns for five rounds at the co-main event. Then he announced that Oliveira Daryush would go back one month to UFC 289. Then he Jared Cannonier takes on Marvin Vittori, June 17th. That's a fight night. Whitaker versus Drakus Duplessis with a title shot on the line at UFC 290, July 8th. And Robbie Lawler, the former welterweight champion of the world, takes on Nico Price. Robert Whitaker, Drakus Duplessis is a massive fight because, that hey, Whitaker wins, he gets another shot at Izzy. But first, RC, we discuss Bilal Muhammad, Taking on Gilbert Burns. You said something after Miami. You said, Gilbert Burns fights anybody, anytime. Dude's a dog. He just downed the fight. He does the same thing. He takes on Bilal Muhammad, but he does it over five rounds. My question to you is this. Who does the five rounds benefit? 
because Bilal Muhammad just came out of Ramadan. Yeah. Gilbert Burns just came out of fight camp. Who does this play to, Bilal or Gilbert Burns? I think it plays to Gilbert Burns. Um, you would know what the fatigue of a camp is like much better than I would. But Gilbert Burns is a dude who has an endless gas tank when we see him on fight night. And let's be honest about his fight with Jorge Masvidal. Bro, that was sparring. That wasn't that wasn't one of those fights. Let, that wasn't Lawler, Rory McDonald, bro. Like that, that that was just Gilbert Burns imposing his will on a heart on a Jorge Masvidal that was ready to retire. And so I think from a cardiovascular standpoint, Gilbert Burns is ready for this fight. And I also think from a mindset standpoint, Gilbert Burns has been in there with Hamzat Chemaev recently. He's been in there with Neil Magny, who he dominated, Jorge Masvidal, who he dominated. And he's continuing to show that it doesn't matter the name, it doesn't matter the risk. I'm willing to step up and fight. And doing this again, in my in my humble opinion, DC, if he beats Bilal Muhammad, I don't care what happens between Leon Edwards and Kobe Covington. He shouldn't have to fight again until getting that opportunity to challenge for the welterweight championship. Yeah, absolutely. And Gilbert Burns was already in line to be the backup fighter for Kobe Covington versus Leon Edwards. And this just shows you his approach and his willingness to compete to try to separate himself from the rest of the division. Hey, we spoke with Gilbert Burns, and he had some words in regards to everything uh, involving his career. Leon Edwards! Whoever is holding that belt, I'm coming for you. I'm not taking no other fight, only the title fight. Come on. That was a true statement. Just, just to clarify, that was a true statement. Until the champion, Leon Edwards, he gave an interview saying that he's not fighting July 22nd. But whenever he said, oh, I'm not done, I'm just fighting in October in, in Abu Dhabi. And I'm just like, okay, July was easy to wait. But all the way to October, I'm not waiting all day. No, heck no. And I saw Charles Oliveira pulled out. And then I saw Bilal Mohammed tweeting out. And I'm like, oh, that's an opportunity right there. You know, it's something to having an opportunity to be on a short list. Because when you're on a short list, it really does gain your favor. We saw it with Colby Covington. Colby Covington went and became the backup fighter in London. Nobody knew it at the time. It was kept very private. So he makes the weight, Leon Edwards retains, and all of a sudden he's the number one contender. Hasn't fought in over a year. Gilbert Burns seems to be playing this, taking that from the same playbook. He goes, I respect Kobe. I don't have a problem with Kobe, but if I can get it done like that too, I'll do it. But then Leon Edwards says he needs some time. Gilbert says, I want to fight. This is a very dangerous fight for Gilbert Burns, but I think that Gilbert Burns taking this fight speaks to who he is as a competitor and speaks to his idea of where he stands in the division because he knows now with a new champion, he's very close to getting that title fight. But in below Muhammad RC, this is no easy day of work. This guy has beaten everybody he has fought in the last bit, only had that no contest against the champion, Leon Edwards. Yes, Leon, and yep. he has looked better every single time. So why has Bilal Muhammad been overlooked? And how much favor does he gain by taking this fight on short notice in what would not seem to be an ideal situation with no full training camp? 
I don't think it's about gaining favor, DC, as much as understanding what winning this fight would do for him. He he gets that he's been overlooked. He gets that he's been a guy that's flown under the radar, even though he's fought so well recently. And to him, it's like, bro, what do I have to do? It's, it's, it's like if you keep showing the girl you're a gentleman, if you keep showing her showing her that you're ambitious, that you're smart, you keep taking her out, but she don't want to make you her boyfriend. You're like, well, golly, boo, what you need from me? I think, <laughs> I think that's where, where Bilal Muhammad is. Bilal Muhammad was probably in the place where if Hamzat Chemaev said that he could make 170, they'd give him the title shot before Bilal. And so he's like, let me take this fight. Let me fight Gilbert Burns, who is hot right now, who is the name that at least amongst executives and fans, people believe in because he'll take any fight. Let me go win this. And now you can't deny me that title shot. And for him, what are you supposed to do? Is he going? Was he going mm -hmm. to sit around and not fight if we know that Leon isn't planning to fight until later in the fall? I think it's a smart move by him. And when you lose a fight like, Bernal, uh, uh, by, like, like Darius, Charles, Oliveira, you step in and you take that spot. You gain favor for from the executives. But when you look at Darius and Charles Oliveira now being moved back into the month of June, D.C., what does or where does that now put the division as a whole? Because this fight, which has seemed like a number one contender fight, being pushed back has Islam waiting to fight again, obviously in Abu Dhabi. First off, RC, what I think is we get two better fight cards. We get two better fight cards because unless you were going to get Burns versus Daryush on that co-main event in Canada, I don't know if it's it, it, that card is as appealing as what we have now because now you get. You get uh, Gilbert Burns versus Bilal Muhammad in Newark with Cejudo versus Aljo. And now you get that lightweight co-main event on the pay-per-view card with Amanda Nunez and Juliana Pena, number three. So I feel we have two better fight cards. But in regards to the standing of the division, it doesn't change much. Because June, you still have four months to fight because... You don't anticipate Islam's going to fight before October because you need Islam to fight in Abu Dhabi. I, this is no secret. It's a very, uh, the, the Islamic religion is massive in that region. And those guys kind of lead the UFC into uh, the Middle East. So for Charles Oliveira or Benil Daryush, whoever wins this fight is still on target to get that rematch. Me personally, we have not seen Charles Oliveira fight since Islam Mahachev beat him. But we have seen Benil Daryush win over and over again. Yeah. But as you have with Bilal Muhammad, you have the same situation with Benil Daryush. They need that one massive win yep. that makes them undeniable. Because for some reason, they have not gotten the opportunity when they have put together some really long win streaks. But you have to make yourself undeniable. And that's what Benil Daryush is trying to do right now. But here's the thing for you, uh, RC. Benil Daryush cannot take risk against Charles Oliveira like he does right. in some of those other fights. Because if he gets hurt by Dubronx, Dubronx is going to put him out and re-earn a championship fight. So he's got to be on his game from the very start of that fight 
or he's going to find himself in trouble. But this is the chance, both of them, Bilal, Benil, these are the chances that you've been waiting for. You don't capitalize. We can't point the finger at anyone else anymore because you've got your opportunity. You got to cash it in. We all get them, RC. We all get that one chance where you can really hammer home the point that you're the guy. This is their moment. You know, another fight that was announced is Duplessis versus Robert Whitaker. And it would seem like the winner of that fight would get a shot at the middleweight king, Israel Adesanya. When you look at that fight, I think it's, to me, at least watching Duplessis fight against Derek Brunson, he's not ready for an Israel Adesanya fight. But Robert Whitaker is no slouch as well, DC. Mm. If not for Izzy, Robert Whitaker is, to me, the middleweight king and a guy that continues to put out or put on performances that make him, that makes him one of the best MMA fighters in the entire world. So when you look at this fight, what do you think needs to happen when you see a tweet like Israel Adesanya, please win? Because I think he doesn't want to have to fight Robert Whitaker again. Not because he believes he'll lose, but because he wants some new blood inside the octagon in the middleweight division. I think he's beaten everybody else, right? Time and time again. And the last fight with Robert Whitaker got extremely close. So if history, and I'm talking his history, shows you can close the gap because Alex Pajeda had beaten him multiple times before he beat him. So Izzy does want to fight new guys. But Drake is Duplessis. You saw his tweet, and I feel like that could be at Izzy, that could be at me, that could be at every other talking head in the sport of mixed martial arts because everyone has said that he's just not ready. He doesn't have that quality win. You beat Robert Whitaker, there's no denying you. There's no denying that you get the opportunity to stand across the octagon for one of the greatest middleweights of all time in Israel Adesanya, if not the greatest middleweight of all time. Duplessis is a very talented striker. He's a very talented grappler. He's just a good fighter. But I think that the story of Africa and South Africa is something that is drawing Izzy to the fight more than Dracus as a personality or Dracus as a challenge to him. It's more about, I'm from Nigeria, you're from South Africa, let's come together, right? You've been winning, you're somebody new. I don't know if Izzy sees him in the same regard that he saw Alex or that he sees Robert Whitaker. Dracus can prove that in this fight. Because if he beats Robert Whitaker, it don't matter what he did prior. It doesn't no, matter that he had... Close fights against other people. He I wins agree. this fight. He deserves the opportunity. And he earns the respect of everyone that may have doubted him. But I love that. It's a little bit of that. You don't think I'm ready? Hold my beer. Be amazed. That's something. If Drakens can, can do that, RC, man, let's go, man. Let's get a middleweight title fight. Well, DC, I'm going to say this. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And Robert Whitaker is a guy that has shown us, a fighter that has shown us time and time again that he can rise to the level of the opportunity. 
And I believe that Drake's Duplessis or Duplessis is going to get something that he's not yeah. prepared for if he's going into this fight thinking that he's just ready and that he's entitled or he's arrived in any way. Robert <laughs> Whitaker can shut that talk down, those tweets down right now. And that beer that he's talking about people holding, <laughs> are you talking about people holding? He'll be crying into that beer if he doesn't take this fight extremely seriously knowing that this dude Robert Whitaker is on a championship level but DC yeah because yeah, yeah. of the draft which is coming yeah. on Tuesday right it'll be in Kansas City whether it's Bryce Young CJ Stroud Will Levis heck who knows who's going to get drafted first we've decided to do our own undisputed championship draft and Jake uh -huh. is going to tell us a little bit about what the rules are all right, guys, so we will do a traditional snake draft of the undisputed, the current undisputed UFC champions, so no interims. And since Ryan was here first and on time, he will get the first pick. Oh, I'm always on time. Not really. So, Ryan, take, <laughs> it, really. take it away with the first overall pick. Okay, so right now with my first overall pick. Let me guess. Let me guess. I'm going Alexander Volkanovsky. Because what? he... Pound for pound, pound for pound, number one fighter in the entire world, DC. We watched him move up, face Islam Mahachev. It was a tough fight for five rounds. We've seen him dominate his division for years. The epic trilogy with Max Holloway, and we watch what Max Holloway mm, is mm. versus every other lightweight. I just think that this guy is truly, truly the epitome of what a championship, of, of what a champion is. RC, love that. Hey, RC, I love that. But RC, your war room reminds me of the the war room in, in 1984 when everybody's picking people before Michael Jordan. When one guy is so clearly the number one pick, but you get a little too smart for your own good. You know this. You know this because you've been in the game long enough to now know that it's not just about the fighting. It's the business you take. Israel Adesanya with the number one pick. And I cannot believe you didn't take Izzy. It's crazy. You were in Miami. You were on South Beach. You saw the environment. You saw the pay-per-view revenue. You saw the gate. I mean, we are talking about one of the biggest gates in UFC history. One of the biggest gates in Miami Arena history. This gate that Israel Adesanya had in Miami beat Madison Square Garden RC, you've been in the game long enough to know that, my friend. You got too smart for your own good, and you gave me the true number one pick. Is it my pick next? Yep. Or is it Ryan again? It's your pick. It's my pick. All right. At number three, I will take, you don't always have to take the biggest name. You don't always have to take the person you love. But at number three, I got to take John Jones because, again, you are talking about the heavyweight champion of the world. I don't care that him and I have history. I don't care that I, John Jones and I aren't friends. What I do care about, though, is the business. And John Jones, once again, moves the needle RC. He sold pay-per-views, and the gate at the T-Mobile Arena was massive. So I'm taking the heavyweight champ because I'm taking the baddest man on the planet. So right now you have somehow managed to give me Israel Adesanya and John Jones. You might as well also give me that FAMU sweatshirt because I picked two brothers. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be honest, DC. I overthought this one. I thought for sure. I 100% said to myself, I can pick John Jones at 
anytime because there's no way that DC Pixel. I was like, there's. I was like, I'm. I get to show you the text messages with Jake. I said I'll get John at some point. I'm gonna and. You proved me wrong, brother. I, I'm very proud of you. So at so for my number two, I'm gonna go with Amanda Nunes. And I, I get that you're picking based on the type of gate and the type of uh popularity that these people have, but there's been no one who has been as dominant of a champion as Amanda Nunes has been on the women's side of the UFC. And at number three with my third pick, I'm going to go Islam Mahachev. And mm. I'm simply doing it because you picked John Jones. And I thought I'd get <laughs> to have John Jones because I just knew that you'd freaking pick Islam first. <laughs> and so now I'm just doing it to be petty. Your go. Well, here's the problem. Like outside of Islam, you got two co-main events. Like, you don't pick two co-main event fighters. and You pick two co-main event fighters in the main event fighter because Alexander Volkanovsky for so long was in co-main events outside of fighting Max Holloway. And, um, yeah, that's not good. But now it's time for me to start picking people that can co-main event my pay-per-views. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to take the great Zhang Wei Li. I'm taking <laughs> Wei Li because guess what, RC? Even you said it. You go, how in the world does Wei Li ever lose? She just yep. seems to be so much pick. better than everybody pick. else. And she also opens up the region. She brings China with us. I don't know if there's any more. China has the biggest population in the entire world. So I'm taking Zhang Wei Li because China comes with Zhang Wei Li every okay. time she fights. So, boy, I'm telling you, I feel pretty good about my draft. We might be going to the Super Bowl. We might be the Pittsburgh Steelers. The five-time Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers. Give them number six. six six. Six-time, give them number seven. And at number four, I am going to take... So I took Wei Li. I took... So 135, 170. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to take Rocky Leon, Rocky Edwards. Because, RC, I understand that... He might not be that name yet, but when you beat the greatest, one of the greatest welterweights of all times, not one time, but two times, back-to-back, in our seat, I pay attention, and you pay attention, because when you sat behind me, if you look directly to your left at, at I don't know what it's called, like at 4 o'clock, you know, what, it, what the clock, you know, look at your 4, look at your 6, you know what people tell you that. You saw, <laughs> you saw. The boy from uh, Jason Statham. You saw the entire Game of Thrones cast. You saw yeah. Chris Hemsworth. You saw you saw yeah. Spider Man. You saw every British or English celebrity on that. Uh, what is it? Continent or whatever, whatever it is. You saw every one of them show up for Leon Rocky Edwards. So while he may not have resonated with us yet, quite the United States, he has. Across the pond. So I'm taking Leon Edwards. RC, this is turning into a blowout. I think they should no, throw the no, towel no, in. Look, look, Cause you're <laughs> picking the wrong way. You're I just can't believe you picked John Jones. I just couldn't believe that. I just thought for sure you'd pick Islam. That really hurt me. Uh I'm gonna go Brandon Moreno. I'm okay. gonna go Brandon okay. Moreno. He obviously okay. fought Davison Figueroa four times. Uh, Davison seemed uh, indestructible at one point. We watched him beat Kai Kara France to get that fourth shot at the championship. He has Mexico behind him, which I believe believe is one of the 
biggest, most passionate fight fan bases in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go with him there. And stop, Marcy, stop, 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 stop. I don't know if we should pick the last two because I think that we're even. And if we pick the last two, then we actually have a champion that gets picked last. RC, I think we should stop so that we don't piss nobody off. I think I that we should that. stop because I, I feel like it's an old schoolyard thing where, like, you're telling me that a UFC champion yep. is, like, the last pick. is like the kid standing on the on the court, like, <laughs> waiting because he know he's about to be last. Like, I don't want to do that to nobody holding the championship. <laughs> I think that we should stop. It was – dude, this is crazy. This is a – I mean, it's a, it's a wipeout. It's a wipeout. But your suit looks good. Your suit looks good, RC. DC, you look like not, you should walk DC, up to the podium and make a pick. DC, it's it, it's not a wipeout. I think our first picks, if we're just going on championship medal, it's pretty even. It's pretty even. They've both been extremely dominant. Well, You're going on tickets and popularity, bro. No, Amanda Nunes. I'm talking about the business. I'm talking about yeah, the business. Talk, that's because you're a company guy. I want to go Arson. ahead, Jake. I don't want to talk about it anymore. He Jake. mad. He mad. Ooh, Jake, he mad. You, you, act, you acting me. like you're from he Louisiana. Never, you are a sore loser. That's on me, Ryan. You agreed you with me. All right, guys. Prior to his fight over the weekend, Bobby Green announced that he was changing his name to King. RC, tap in or tap out on the name change to King. Um, I tap out on it uh, because we watched King Ryan get knocked out. With a body blow, I just think it's an extremely awful weekend to decide to make that change. I'm going to tap out. I'm tapping out. You, on it. Uh, you know, I think we've been I, – I, I tap out because Bobby Green can be called King Bobby Green like or Bobby King Green. It doesn't change anything. You don't have to make it official in order for people to see you in that regard. A lot of people respect Bobby Green from King of the Cage all the way to the UFC and what he has done. He's been inspirational on so many occasions. During the pandemic, he had one of those post-fight speeches that was so inspiring. Like, you don't need to be called King on paper for everybody to view you in that like corporate Jake, so I'm tapping out. Because right, news came out that Volkanovski had turned down a rematch versus Islam later this year in Abu Dhabi because he wants to stay active. DC, tap in or tap out on Volk turning down that Islam rematch to stay active. Well, I tap in because you already know I didn't really want the rematch. I wanted to see Islam go defend the belt in his weight class. So I'm tapping in. I think Alexander Volkanovsky did the right thing because he stays active to keep his division moving. So, yeah, yeah I, I tap, tap in. Yeah, I tap in as well because Jair Rodriguez earned this opportunity as the interim champ to fight Alexander Volkanovsky. And if he waits and now holds that division hostage because of an Islam Mahachev rematch, I don't think that's fair to the division. And I think it takes away from the fans' experience of getting to see one of the greatest mixed martial artists in the entire world perform. RC, and also, like, RC was a fight that he lost, right? Like, we can all pretty much agree that he, yeah, lost, he lost three rounds to two. Right, he lost sure. three rounds to two. While it was competitive, he still lost the fight. So, Yair earned an opportunity to fight this guy with the way he fought. Earlier today, Conor McGregor dropped a trailer for his new documentary titled McGregor Forever, which focuses on his journey back to the top of the sport. RC, top, tap in or tap out on your new best friend's new documentary. I tap all the way in. I watched the first one when he was at his house eating eggs and his then girlfriend had to cook for him. And then he came home and he bought the Rover. And then he was up in Vegas at the palatial estate waiting for the next fight. Me and Jordan watch that junk all the time. So hell yeah, we tap in on the second one. 
This is the real notorious. Heck yeah, let's go. Let's go, I mean, DC. I, I, I saw the first one, and I tap in on the second one. You know what I also tap in on, RC? That what you said. McGregor has that aura about him that he already has a documentary on Netflix, and they're doing another one because it's Conor McGregor. They just realized that if we get an opportunity to put Conor McGregor, People gonna we'll watch pay it. him a boatload of money. People yep. will watch it. I guess yeah, last, I last one. Jake. We know DC has a cheating problem when it comes to lists. It appears Habib does as well, as he recently <laughs> revealed his top 15 MMA goats, but listed about 20 <laughs> names. RC, tap in or tap out. There was a form of a cheating problem over at AKA. Oh, I tap. I totally tap in. I totally <laughs> tap in. You can't play Uno with these dudes. You can't play basketball with these dudes. You sure as hell can't do a list with them. I'm going to be honest. I like them. Yeah. I think they're good character men. If you want to be in the fight game, I do not <laughs> think they're good in any other competition. They are absolutely <laughs> spoiled, rotten, sore winners, not <laughs> oh sore losers, gosh. sore winners <laughs> that refuse to lose, honestly. I don't know what was going on over there, but I would never spar with any of these dudes. You know what I love about Habib's list is that the names just all are together. Like, there is no spacing in any of this list. And, and Habib doesn't rename about five of these dudes. He doesn't change Demetrius Johnson's name. He puts Henry Cejudo with an H instead of a J. I love that. I love that Habib is just like, yo, I'm calling you whatever I want. Hey, like, Habib's, your name is going to be Haas. Haas bro, bro, Habib, spell your name like it sounds. <laughs> yes. You know what yes. I love that. Habib's like Cejudo. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm calling Henry Cejudo. Yeah, that's my guy there. Roy's crazy. Like a space bar on his phone? <laughs> he, he don't like, want a space bar, though. He's the man. I love Habib, dog. Thank you, Habib, for looking out for your boy. Putting me in the top five or might have been top seven <laughs> with a couple names. There's a couple names in there, you know, kind of jumbled up. So your boy's in the top seven. I appreciate that. RC, you about to head out to Kansas City for the draft, my guy. Like, you excited? Hey, man, I, I got to be honest. I, I didn't like Kansas City that much, so... Sorry. Well, you was licking your fingers in Kansas City, so maybe you could put me on to at least some barbecue spot. And if people really knew who you were, they would have known that I FaceTimed you at like 7.30 while you were out there, and you were in freaking bed with the covers pulled up up to your neck, man. But hey, remember, y'all, we are so happy to do this show each and every week. I feel like it gets better and better. I love working with my dog, D.C., Every Tuesday, yeah. wherever you get your podcast, and at 12 p wait, 12 a.m. Eastern, Eastern. on ESPN2. Yep. RC, tell Jordan to put his other foot on the ground, man. <laughs> Bro, I am never going to forget floating. that story. My dog don't have no feet on the ground <laughs> right now. He out here like Connor, man. I'm RC. That's DC. We'll holla at you. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.